Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with episode number 174 of The Yacking Show. This is the show to awaken you to new perspectives and help you navigate the changing world we're living in. We try and give you a bit of entertainment, a bit of education, most important, some enlightenment. And today's guest is certainly going to enlighten us in a specific area dear to my heart and many other people's hearts. But it's not my job to introduce guests because my co-host, Kathleen, does it a lot better than I do. So my first job is to introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario. How are you doing today, Kathleen? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much for that introduction. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Her name is Sarah Gage. Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Now, Sarah, you are a financial coach and you founded, you have your own company called Wealth Confidence Coaching, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, for our audience, can you give us a little bit about your background and what led you into this line of work? Sure. I uh, actually have a background in corporate accounting, uh, which is definitely not where my passions lie. Um, I worked for a large financial services corporation for about 10 years. And from very early on, I noticed uh, a lack of work-life balance, and uh, it wasn't something that I ever really wanted to kind of get sucked into all of the overtime and kind of a lot of people on the brink of burnout mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So I had earlier in my life, uh, thanks to some lessons learned from graduating university with some student debt and some uh, credit card debt, uh, I had learned how to manage my own finances the hard way. Um, I had maxed out my credit card and I was kind of in this cycle. I didn't get a job right away out of university. And so I was in this cycle of using debt to kind of fill in my income gaps until my dad uh, very kindly and generously offered to cover my credit card debt and let me pay him back interest free. So uh, because I did not change any of my habits or my attitude about credit, which was that it was essentially an extra bank account that I had access to, <laughs> um, I ended up racking the credit card back up again. And so one day I kind of had this uh, oh, oh crap moment where I realized I've now effectively doubled my debt by taking advantage of my dad's generosity, <clears throat> but then <clears throat> continuing to use my credit card. So that was the moment where I was like, I need to buckle down, get this debt cleared up, and I am not going to carry a credit card balance anymore from here on out. So I was not earning a lot of income at that point. So I was kind of lucky that I learned that lesson early on. And by the time I got a corporate job with a higher income, I learned to live within much lower means. And that gave me the flexibility to then save to be able to leave that corporate job. And when I was considering what I would want to do with myself, once I left, um, I thought, you know, the life improvement that 
I experienced from going from those struggles with debt and living under that stress and that pressure to having my finances under control and living within my means and having all of these options available to me. I want to help other people um, have that similar experience. And so a friend of mine came across a financial coach on Facebook and she said, isn't this kind of like what you said you wanted to do? And I had never heard of financial coaching up until that point. And I was like, that is exactly what I want to do. Um, which is help other people get their finances under control and experience those benefits that I experienced. So eventually I was able to transition from my corporate role to full-time coaching. Well done. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, well done. Very good. One, one of the few who does it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the percentage, but for people I talk to, huge percentage live payday to payday, right? Exactly, exactly. Or, and many with their own businesses on perpetual overdraft. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well done. So, you, you're a coach. Who's your typical client? Who would be the person, the average person that comes to you? What Give us their profile. So, typically, it would be someone in a similar situation um, where they're kind of starting to notice that pattern where... Um, they're, they kind of always are carrying this debt, which they're using to fill in gaps from overspending, um, maybe not paying very close attention to their uh, money. They don't have a plan. They don't have a budget. Uh, they're kind of winging it. And then um, oftentimes, actually, people come to me where they've had a bit of a windfall. Um and one example is a consumer proposal, which is not so much windfall, but, you know, getting a plan in place to pay down mm-hmm. your debt, uh, a big tax refund, uh, having left a marriage and coming out of that with a settlement. And they're starting to recognize the pattern in their own life where they know that if they continue with the same spending habits, they're going to end up right back where they started. So they're kind of getting this second chance, a clean slate. And they don't want to end up back um, in that cycle mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. now having squandered essentially this opportunity um, to pay off their debts and get ahead. Uh, they know that if they leave it up to their own uh, devices, they'll end up, you know, not having anything to show for that money, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they they think, OK, I need now I need help. Now I need help to get these habits in place um, to make sure that I do make responsible decisions, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So a little bit, little bit like people who have become alcoholics or drug addicts and go to counseling until they take that first step. Not, no one can help them very much, right? Oh, very good. Sorry, Kathleen, back to you. The, um, so, Sarah, can you walk us through the process you take when a new client comes to you and asks for help uh, figuring out their finances? What, it, what, what do you, should they expect from you? Sure. Um, so the first step is a free consultation, which is a 15-minute Q&A call um, is what it's called. And I'll just ask them some questions about the financial challenges that they're facing to see if financial coaching is a good fit for them. And if it's something I can help with, then the next step I would recommend is a two-hour discovery session, which is where I would come up with kind of a customized plan for their individual situation. So I would have them complete some prep work. And then during the session, I would coach them. We would come up with strategies. They would take away an action plan um, to kind of cut back on some of their expenses. And sometimes the solution is maybe increasing their income as well. 
So we would take a full picture view of their entire current financial situation in that session and then give them some actionable steps to take to improve. And then a lot of times, like I mentioned, people need more support than that and some ongoing help. So then they could sign up for a coaching package, which would be ongoing help, ongoing support. And then they would have the accountability of regular sessions with me. And um, we would work together through a lot of the mindset issues that A, got them where they are in the first place, and B, that come up when they start trying to make changes to their finances. Things like unexpected expenses, um, things like just kind of the day-to-day -day money management and setting up sinking funds and things like that. Um, so just kind of having that sounding board when they need to make financial decisions and um like i say the accountability and ongoing support as they make those changes mm -hmm. that's that's interesting so how, how is that different from what a financial advisor or, or financial planner does uh that is a great question and a financial advisor typically uh very specifically gives investment advice and that is something that i don't do so it's great to be clear that um, I cannot give legally, cannot give specific investment advice mm -hmm, about sure. where to invest your money. Um, and then financial planners are usually uh, a little bit more long term in nature and a little bit more holistic. So they'll help you with your long term retirement plans, as well as things like insurance and estate planning, tax planning, things okay. like that, all as part of your overall life retirement plans. Um, whereas coaching is a lot more of the day to day, right. um, learning financial skills to get yourself ahead, um, learning the habits that need to be in place. Budgeting is a big one. Um, and then having someone there uh, walking you through uh, through the steps and um, having that regular uh, expert advice and having access to that person on an ongoing basis as you so it kind of fast tracks your process or your progress essentially towards those other goals that those other professionals would help you with okay so so for sake of our audience who might be listening and not watching you might say to someone you need to say start saving x amount or x percent of your income tomorrow but you've got to go to financial advisor or your bank to decide where to put that money Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Got it. Thanks, Sarah. So what um, what results do your clients typically see from working with you? So the goal is essentially to move from a place where money is causing stress and worry mm -hmm. to a place where it's bringing you joy <clears throat> into your life. So from a practical perspective, that looks like paying off debt. Uh, that's a big one um saving <clears throat> excuse me putting savings into an rsp for retirement um and then like i say those mindset shifts um and even just feeling more in control mm -hmm. and more confident with their spending decisions as they start to see um how they can organize their money better and organize their finances better so that they're more prepared um, when unexpected expenses come up, or even those expenses that we know about, but don't plan for. 
Um, so things like vacations, home renovations, a lot of times those things just go on credit because you haven't been planning ahead, but it's something that you really want. Um, so having systems in place to be prepared for those expenses so that when you need a car repair, for example, that's one that you know is coming, you just don't know when, and to have that money set aside uh, when that happens, then you don't experience that panic and that, oh, now I need to get out the credit card. And just so that feeling of like, okay, I was ready for this. And now you feel much more confident and um, definitely less stressed. So big, big kind of tangible takeaways are, you know, paying off debt and, uh, and starting to save for all of those different life uh, life happens kind of categories. Um, but really the shift in your quality of life, um, once you have control over those things is uh, one of the big, big kind of, uh, non-tangible takeaways. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we're, we're heading into uncertain financial times at the moment. Many people's incomes have been drastically affected by the virus shutdowns, losing jobs, etc. And now we're looking at inflation that's getting worse than it's been in this part of the world for 20 or 30 years, right? And I've lived in other parts of the world and, and seen what happens when inflation gets out of control. Believe me, it's, it's painful. So sitting here today, what if people were looking for one tip, just one tip that could improve their financial stability and their financial outlook, what would be the thing you would say they should focus on right now? Um, I think that the more flexible that you can be with your budget, mm -hmm. the less you'll be impacted by these types of things. So if you really think about inflation, it impacts you at the point of purchase. Mm -hmm. So if you're spending um, unconsciously and you don't know where your money's going, you don't have that control and that flexibility to pull that lever to say, okay, I'm going to cut back here. Um, and that's going to give me a cushion for things like groceries, which um, everybody needs, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So inflation will impact you at the grocery store and you don't really have a lot of control over that. Um, but if you can kind of cut back in other categories, because you really know you have that awareness of where your money is going and um, you know you where you have some some room for uh, some flexibility, then you're essentially less impacted by inflation um, because you're you're not even purchasing those things that have now gone up in price where you don't need right. to be. Yeah. And, and speaking to a lot of people, they don't actually know what they spend their money on, even people who you would think would be financially responsible. And I've said to a number of people, how much is this increase in gas prices going to cost you? Oh, I don't know, because I'm not quite sure what I spend on gas anyway. Oh, wow. You know, if gas goes up 25% and you were spending 300 bucks a month, that's significant, right? It is. It is. Yeah. And even changing... Um, other behaviors, like, for example, I, I did a social media post about this one mile radius challenge where you try to walk everywhere that's within a mile yep. of your house. Um, and I do I walk a lot, I walk for exercise, but then walking to run errands is a great way to combine 
exercise and getting your errands done and sure. saving on gas and saving the environment. So I find a lot of these things that help your help your pocket also help uh, your health and the environment. The three tend to always be closely good tied together. Yeah, yeah. Good, good point. So that's a way to also cut back on your gas expense, but a lot of people are just used to the convenience of mm -hmm. being able to drive places. And um, it's a little bit outside the box, I guess, to think about, or feel feels drastic to think about um, doing something like walking everywhere within a mile of your house. Um, but I think it's worth, worth taking a look at some of those options, especially when we're seeing such drastic increases. That's right. And just if I can pick up on that one, I have family overseas and have been spent a bit of time in England particularly and on the continent and the whole mindset is different where people there many of them if they just want a couple of items from what we would call a convenience store don't even think of using their car they say, mm -hmm. oh, we always walk down to the corner shop you know I, mm -hmm. I can remember my mother who was nearly 90 at the time was 90 at the time said oh, I would never think of if I had a car I would never drive to the local corner shop because it, that's I walk we all do you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah quite different thanks yeah. sure. back to you as we've established, the inflation rate is skyrocketing and people's savings is being eroded. Is there still hope for people that are looking forward to retirement? Um, I would say yes, for sure. Um, I think things like inflation and market crashes have the biggest impact on people who are at or close to retirement age. Mm -hmm. So for people who have couple of decades to still work with. Um, this is a great opportunity to actually increase your retirement contributions because stocks are low. Um, and they say, buy low, sell high. So now is the time really um, to be investing. And then when the market increases, you're capitalizing on those gains. Um, and then you're that much farther ahead when it comes to things like inflation. I think um, we forget about inflation. We kind of talk about it as a theory, but it really is always kind of happening in the background. And normally you can look back 20 years and think about how much something costs compared cost then compared to how much it costs now. But now we can look back a few months and compare some of those items at the grocery store or gas, and you can compare how much they cost just a few months ago. Mm -hmm. So it's much more um, in our faces, mm -hmm. but it's not something that wasn't always happening. And these uh, inflation rates too are temporary. So if you're not kind of at that point where you're needing to use your retirement savings, um, like we just talked about having the flexibility to kind of scale back mm -hmm. on your spending is a great way to not be too heavily impacted by the current inflation rates. And then um, actually upping the amount that you're putting away will just increase your kind of future cushion against these uh, types of effects. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, good, good yes, point. I don't think anyone needs to panic, <laughs> especially if your time horizon is, you know, a lot farther out. I think you have time sure, to catch sure. up. There's something else which I'm sure you, you talk to your clients about, which I've personally experienced that no matter how well off you think you are, <clears throat> things can change in a heartbeat. And I, I've mm -hmm. personally experienced that in, in Africa, which was politically unstable, sure. But I went from 
living very well and being relatively wealthy to losing the whole lot virtually overnight. Combination of not having my eye on the ball, sure, but mainly through, through politics and economic crashes and timing and everything else. And uh, these things happen even in, in stable places like North mm -hmm. America, you know, and, and very few people, I think, ever believe it could happen to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, believe me, it can. So the more mm -hmm. prepared you are, uh, the, the better you are in the event of some sort of catastrophe. And of course, and breadwinners suddenly get sick and die. It's another fact of life. And, and I've often, been laid off before. Um, there you are. So you know Even in my 20s. And then at, this, um, at the company I worked for for 10 years, um, there were so many mergers and acquisitions. So it was kind of like at any moment you were like, is, is this it for us? <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. and then finally, towards the end, when I was planning my exit anyways, then I was like, now would be a great time to get a severance <laughs> package and just have that little boost. And it didn't happen for me. And I would not have wished that on any of my coworkers, but I was kind of like, I'll volunteer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 there um, is that. But you're right. Like, even people think of stable employment as, you know, something they can count on. But mm -hmm. uh, in, in our world, definitely, it's, it's not right. necessarily the case. And it, it, as you've just sort of alluded to, it doesn't matter where you are on the social, the hierarchy of a corporation. Uh, when I, I spent a short time in the corporate world and I uh, merger, as you said, between two huge industrial groups and, and really highly paid and highly placed executives were just being told, sorry, you don't fit the new molds, goodbye. And uh, packages were not that good in those days. So mm. There was guys in their mid, mainly men, but in their mid 50s, suddenly looking for a new job, you know, mm -hmm. having worked for mm -hmm. the same employer, perhaps for 25, 30 years. So yeah, it, it can be tough up there. And the better prepared you are, the more chance of surviving reasonably well. So here I've got a variation of my burning question that I ask all our successful guests. And I'm sure I put you in that category from what you've been telling us. So what would you say is the most important characteristic or, or um, quality or mindset that differentiates those people who achieve financial independence before they retire from the majority who struggle for their entire lives and live paycheck to paycheck with heavy loads of debt? Is there a single that, thing? Uh, that is a great question. Um, I think it's having a very clear picture of your why. Okay, yes. Uh, why is it important to you to be financially independent? And for me, it was that drive to get out of that environment um, where over time was the norm and like I said, I saw people reaching burnout and I thought, and I, I, it was an, I was in an accounting role. So quarter ends were one out of every three months and they would kind of push you to the brink and then you'd have two months of reprieve and then you'd be right back into it. And I would look around at people and think, You're, how are you doing this? Like for 30 years and more, I was like, I don't feel like I have this many quarter ends in me. Um, <laughs> so I started planning my exit strategy. So once I had that focus and that goal, it just felt easy to make mm -hmm. those trade-offs between other things I could be spending my money on and what I was trying to achieve. And that's essentially what it comes down to is trade-offs. And mm -hmm. it's the same yep. if your goal is to retire when you're 65, you still have a finite amount of money Mm -hmm. And you have to choose, pick and choose to make trade-offs because the other thing about our world, the way it is, is there are so many options available. Mm -hmm. 
um, for ways to spend your money. Um, so for me, I knew what I wanted my money to do for me. And that was to, you know, make the transition out of that corporate job that I knew I wasn't going to be happy in for 30 years. And it, it felt honestly easy, I want to say. I don't want to make it sound like it was easy, but it felt, it did not mm -hmm. feel like sacrifice. It just felt like every, you know, extra dollar that I could put towards that goal was, and that's uh, another thing that I have found with clients is that once they have a clearer picture of what their goals are, mm -hmm. they start to look for ways to earn extra income because now their money has a purpose for them. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. not that feeling that it doesn't matter how much money I make, I'm just going to squander it. Um, so that it's, you know, there's no uh, motivation to, to try harder. So uh, yeah, I think I think having that clear, clear goal and that clear picture of why you are saving. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. We're, we're almost out of time, Sarah. How can people contact you? Uh, well, I like to say I'm all over the internet. So <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram and Facebook um, at wealth.confidence.coaching. Um, and I have a website, which is wealthconfidencecoaching.com. And all of my other contact info, like my email and my phone number are available on the website. So um yeah follow me on instagram uh like me on facebook and then i have a personal account that's a public profile if anyone just wants to mm -hmm. search me out and add me on facebook excellent, excellent. that will audience who are merely listening on one of the podcast platforms if you go to your description you will find all those links on there so you can get hold of sarah uh excellent thank you very much sarah Thank you thank so you. much, Sarah. And once again, thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.